1: going on. It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man, happy Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. If you are celebrating Mardi Gras uh, getting underway, of course, today, Mike was just talking with Andy and Randy about what he's going to give up. I've been thinking about this. I, mm. I think my thing this year is going to be sugar. Ooh. And I don't, you I don't think a lot of people realize how, maybe you do, right. but how much sugar is involved in our everyday diet. I'm not talking about like you candy eaters. I'm talking about just every day and how much I, I use sugar. Mike, I get up, coffee, and I'm thinking right. about the sugary drink. So I think that's what I'm going to do, but it's reasonable. Uh, you to go sweet and low? It'll help me. See, that's the thing. Uh, stevia, we've got Stevia at the house, and we use that. I, right. But I don't know if you can count that as sugar. It's artificial sugar. Right. So... You're telling your body, your mind, it's sugar. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm thinking. But uh, happy Fat Tuesday, man. Hope you guys are going to celebrate and have a good time Mm -hmm. today. Uh, A lot of restaurants around the A and and certainly in the Burbs are are uh, celebrating OTP with with uh, their form of Mardi Gras and mm. celebrating
2: Fat Tuesday. I always just love the drinking, man. That's right.
1: just, that, that's, you know, the, and speaking of
2: sugary drinks. That's just it. I mean, coming off three days in Vegas, the last thing I really want to do now is start down in some daiquiris, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it's time to detox, if I'm honest. But hey, well, what's one more night? But yeah, man, great uh, great oh, yeah. times. Yeah, you might as well go in. <laughs> well in for a penny, in for a pound. We've given up, giving up booze for land. That's just, that ship's never going to sail. I think the the farthest I went was what, like 16 days once? Because God sticks St Patrick's Day right in the middle of Lent. Not great planning by the Catholics, if I'm honest. Yeah, but see that's the thing. I mean, can you get past St Patrick's Day? No, I don't, no, know. That's, that's I don't not, know if I can. Yeah, and man. this year the Lake uh, the uh, Warriors, Golden State Warriors, are in town. Oh, uh, yeah, know, that'll be a big night down at the State Farm. Lots other things going down.
1: All right, guys, there is a lot to get to. Um, today is. Franchise Tag Day. Now, we say that. It doesn't mean that the players are going to get franchised today, transition tag day, but they've got now the open window. Um, we're going to get into this because mm-hmm. the only guy that you would think about franchising for our Falcons is Caleb McGarry. I wouldn't do it. But if you feel like you want to retain his services and remain in negotiations with him until July 15th, that's when the deadline is. And, and guys, none of this right now, like this week, you're not going to hear Lamar Jackson getting a deal. Okay, that's not what's going to happen if they decide to franchise tag him. Ultimately, it just gives both sides a deadline to say we got to have a deal done by July 15th or we're trading him or we're moving on or whatever the situation may be. But I don't think you're going to hear anything, Michael, the next two weeks about anybody that's going to
2: get franchised as far as getting new deals. It's funny. I ran into a Cowboys fan while we're playing craps this weekend. We were talking about Lamar Jackson and stuff coming to Atlanta because there's a lot of buzz about that. And I was saying, you know, remember when Des Bryant went through his tag? And it was really acrimonious. It was a lot of negativity, and it was like, you won't play, he's going to sit out. And eventually the deal got done literally in the 11th hour. Yeah. But it just, there's so much stuff, there's so much baggage that goes with the, with Lamar and the, and the Ravens, I should say, and feeling maybe disrespected, and everybody else has gotten a $40 million deal who's of his value, or certainly, you know, you could argue, not as good as, considering that he's an MVP. But... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know that uh, McGarry is still a guy, Carl. If I got to say, really good run blocker, but not a great. If I got to say, but dot dot dot. I don't want to give him seventy five million. You know what I mean? It's just it's hard. He may get fifty.
1: What if I told you four for fifty, and you say, mm-hmm. well, first of all, all these numbers are going to sound crazy to most fans, right? But that would be under market mm-hmm. value for a guy like McGarry if he wants to stay. Mike, if he, if he told me he'd take four for 50, yeah. I, I, I'd i sign tomorrow. 18 I, times five is 90 million. Correct. That's Oof. why. Yeah. So if he feels like, and his company, his people, his agents, uh, they will feel like he deserves more. But I'm telling you, if I'm the Falcons, I'm trying to get him for under market value just for what you just said, which is, but. Oh, yeah. this, this Yes, you had a great season, but we still got to get better. We've got to get better in this area. We're going to definitely talk about it, guys. More guys to talk about uh, around the league. A, a lot of stuff. Daniel Daniel Jones. There's mm. a lot of guys that you look at right now and go, are they going to franchise tag him to at least give them an opportunity to, to work out a long-term deal? Will the
2: Cowboys try to shop a guy with a contract that nobody might be into as Ezekiel Elliott and tag Tony Pollard? Possibility. A lot yeah. of strange things that could happen this week. You're right. No doubt. All right. What
1: did you think of the All Star game? Uh, we were off yesterday, obviously. Chris, by the way, great job filling in. Turtle was on uh, for the entire show yesterday and uh, did a really good job filling in for us. But, but if you saw any of the All Star weekend, I think, Mike, the biggest surprise, and we talked a lot about the dunk contest yes, uh, last week, was the dunk contest. Like, nobody expected it to be spectacular. And right. then here comes Mac. To take it over, and, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking about this young man. He's a two-way player that's actually playing in the G League and for the right. Philadelphia 76ers, but I think that was kind of a shock. Dame Lillard winning the three-point contest, not a surprise. Dame's one of the great right. shooters. That was fun. We figured it would be interesting. But the game
2: itself, you want some money on the over, didn't you? Yes, I did. Which, again, it's almost criminal. you think this game's going to be a 362, you know, and climbing over and under. And the over, I think, is hit there. My buddy owns a car wash in Buckhead. You know, he, don't want to put his business on the street, but one of his best, always bet the over on an All-Star Game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just one of those games, that, and we've talked about it. Look, baseball, whether you're a baseball fan or not, pitchers are not grooving like, you know, 80-mile-an-hour curveballs. They're throwing 99-mile-an-hour stuff. So even, you know, other than maybe when Cal Ripken had one set up for him in his final All-Star Game right in Seattle, everything you see in MLB is you've got to hit. You've got to hit because the pitching is solid. But in this case – it was what it was when LeBron throws it off the backboard to himself, which is kind of exciting. And then you see, was it Tatum did the same thing coming back the other way? Yeah, okay. But at some point, you want to see a little defense. And all the memes started popping like Kobe Bryant from years ago saying, come on, guys, what are we doing here? So, And, the, and we'll talk about it. Daytona, for me, was a big letdown. I'm a big racing fan. I, I thought that was not the way the race is supposed to go. But we'll, we'll get into it. Because some of these events, as sports and our expectations, maybe get tempered. And I hate to be at Carl and I say it. We, we don't want to be the guys that sound like the Muppets in the, uh, in the balcony, you know, Sattler and Waldorf. But some things were a little bit better back in the day. How do, you get the, how do you get the NBA All-Star game to be like it used to be? All right. Sponsors put up $20 million.
1: Winners take all. Losers will see you next year. It's that simple. If I told you that there was an extra $20 million to be split among these guys, hmm. okay, I think, Mike, you'd pick up the intensity. Losers get nothing. It used to be the East and the West back in the day, both teams, even though you lost, you got a little bit of something just for an appearance in the All-Star game. But that would, Mike, you want to amp up the intensity? You want to to take it to the next level? Sponsors, let's get plenty of sponsors out there. Let let Adam Silver tell you, the NBA health-wise is great right now. TV ratings are great. They've got young star power. All the things you want. Put up some real money. Sponsors. And winner take all. That's how you do this.
2: And, and also and I gotta say, that's to me, that's how you fix this. But thing. again, these are also some of the highest paid athletes on the planet. Let's it is. let's rope this into charity. Let's rope this into nonprofits, players' favorite nonprofit. There's there's gotta be some altruism expected to throw in a bonus for an all star game. For me. I just like we, we're, I, everything you said about the NBA is accurate. Now, I don't know how the younger demographics feel because that's the key to any sports success and yeah. longevity. But when you've got players tapping out, the big thing, load management has become a thing this season more than ever. Love what I heard from Anthony Edwards, the former Bulldog. Ant-Man basically put it out there, kind of sounded like an OG about with all the things you and I have talked about. I think you, you can screw this up if you're the NBA. You can still find a way to screw this up. Just when you think you're above reproach, you, you're going to find that, you know, especially when you have a commissioner who lets the players get away with everything. That's where I'm just – I get fined find the balancing act on the All-Star Game.
1: Yeah, I, I, listen, I just think money changes everything. It changes everything for you. If they told you to show up for
2: extra and they paid you extra money, you'd do it. Not right. you, but our listeners well, would do it. Can we do that for the slam dunk? Because everything – again, I agree with you. Mac McClung put on a show. The guy plays for the Delaware freaking Blue Coats. Yeah, it's the – But to. I'm saying, but a guy – we – you should have stars in the All-Star I mean, guy did a great job, did his job. No, no monkeying around. Every dunk went in. He's a G League player, and they're supposed, the, supposed to be the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah. And a basic nobody won the slam dunk contest, which to me is what's wrong with the NBA. Well, here's the thing you talk about that younger
1: demographic. Mac McClung is a huge, viral, monster success. He was one of these kids that was viral before, you know, in high school and even getting into college and all that stuff. Mike, is he good enough to play in the NBA? Well, obviously, you know, he's a two-way guy. He's working his way there. But I agree with you. If you're telling me the stars in the best, if Giannis, LeBron, I mean, pick your guys, right, the best stars in the NBA were participating in the NBA uh, dunk contest, Uh, Mac is just a sideshow. He's not the show. He's not the guy. But because you didn't have that, all of a sudden you've got a guy showcasing dunks. And by the way, his dunks were killer. I mean, they were. I said last week. I have not seen. There's probably a dunk that I haven't seen. Even some of the things that he did—tapping the backboard, you know, back reverse dunk, three sixty, windmill—all that stuff I've seen. The deal with this guy is he's six foot. Right. He's six two. So there's it always looked, a curiosity right for
2: a guy like Spud Webb. Not to mention the plucky white kid playing for the G League team. I just thought. And again, I'm not uh, pooping on what this guy accomplished because it stands on its own. You just laid it out. He did everything you'd expect in a a good slam dunk contest. Just would love to see all the guys that are superstars in the league doing what Mac McClung did. Then I'd be more interested in it. This is what
1: uh, Jalen Brown said after the game uh, when he was asked about the All-Star game. uh, And he was saying... It's all fun, um, but he also said, "You know, this basketball is different. This was like a layup line. I don't know how much notoriety we would want to get from this. This was a glorified layup line. We got to figure out a way to get to get a little bit more competitive. If the fans like it, that's all that matters. And that's the thing. It is an exhibition game. It is entertainment. And at the end of the day, as much as Mike and I might like it to be more competitive, and I just gave you, you know, one right. way to do it. There's probably seven or eight more ways." But at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And if you go to one of these All-Star games, you kind of want to see what you saw Sunday night. You want to see the alley-oops and the fun and the guys having a good time. That's what I think, Mike. And, and for the NBA, it does still work. And you mentioned that they could screw it up. The only way the NBA screws this up is if they don't come up with a new CBA and then they have a lockout. That's how they yeah, screw it but up. But
2: you've got to find a way to get the players to play the schedule that's i mean to me this has become the thing especially for guys look it's hard to tell somebody who maybe has to save up who's making more than just a little bit more than 15 dollars an hour and he goes to an nba game oh sorry your favorite players on load management that don't fly
1: coming up we're going to talk about all the things that went down this weekend Mike talk about the daytona 500 you talk about star power where was it it's dukes and bell it is Dukes and Bell. I want to read this from uh, our man Quanstar. That's his uh, Twitter handle. Quanstar! Dukes and Bell, my kids knew who McClung was from YouTube because they watch every basketball thing on there. He said the All Star weekend is designed to appeal to uh, and market to younger viewers. He said, my kids are 17, 14, and 11. They loved nearly every minute of it. That's what we were talking about with McClung. I think there were a lot of old-school heads that were like, who is this guy? Shaq right. put out a video before the slam dunk contest, and he was like, let everybody know who you are. Show everybody. And he goes out and does all these amazing dunks. But but Quanstar, that's what we're talking about. Well, that he, is the thing right. about McClung. You can have this huge – Mike, there are so many people out there that have his huge social media following.
2: We don't care. We don't know. But they're huge on TikTok or YouTube – And we don't know who the hell these stars are. Well, if that's what you guys want, well, then hell, man. Let's bring back Escalade. He's gone. Let's bring back guys from the And One videos. And a guy who's basically a dude shuffling back and forth from the G League and the NBA. Like, I get it. He's a phenomenon. I heard what Carl said the first segment, and that's great. I don't watch that, and I don't care. I just want to see the greatest players who the NBA stars competing like they used to, like everything from Neek to Vince Carter and Michael to Dwight Howard. That's what I want to see. I want to see those guys do this stuff. Now, if this guy is the greatest internet sensation, fabulous. Bring the guy who does the mock videos in the driveway, who does the Russell Westbrook impression out. Bring the uh, Phoenix Suns gorilla and the trampoline. We can get him involved, too. I want to see NBA all-stars in these competitions. That's it. That's my stand. So again, I could be, uh, you know, whistling past the graveyard on this tag. I'll die on this hill. I want to <laughs> see stars. Okay, I want to see stars. Yeah, listen, I, I don't disagree with you. I
1: just think arguing that you're going to get the biggest stars in the NBA to participate—they just don't do it anymore—is over. So if you're going to tell me this is the next best thing, and this guy is a phenomenon and he is well known, it, just because we some of you mm-hmm. don't know who he is in the basketball circles, and that's the thing we were talking about with the All Star game. It's Dukes and Bell with Sports Radio 929 The game. Braves today, guys, working out. We're going to talk about this Marcelo Zuna situation um, that came out where he was basically admitting that he didn't give us his best. A little bit disturbing, but also very honest in his approach to, hey, I want to do better, and I want to give you guys, meaning Atlanta and Braves fans, a a better performance this year. He better. I mean, we need Marcelo Zuna to do that. So we'll talk about it. He said some interesting things over the weekend as the uh, Braves get ready for their first spring training game on Saturday, Grapefruit League play begins. 404 741 0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. You can always text us. It's under my nose. I'm sorry. Was just, I was about to sneeze. I'm like, what is going on in here?
2: Uh, Chris, turtle behind the glass. Bo Morgan, executive well, producer. It is pollen. I came back from I'm, Vegas and then I cleared all this stuff out of my throat, the nice dry air. And I get walking I get the dog this morning. I'm like, you. Hey.
1: Yeah, I take allergy stuff, but I literally, like, something was in my nose there. Either way, um, and, uh, of course, find us on social media. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at put Up see dukes the radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. And, of course, we're across all other social media platforms. I just saw Todd Munkin. He is giving his press. First time he's talked today, or, for that matter, becoming the new OC for the Ravens. And they were asking about Lamar. It's the biggest thing. I mean, love Todd Munkin. No Lamar. Who's hmm. your quarterback? I mean, you can be a great quarterback, a great coordinator. If you don't have a quarterback, you'll suck. So Lamar, he says, is an elite skilled. He has an elite skill set. He says it's obvious. And then I asked the question, well, why have they paid him? I keep hearing all this stuff from the Ravens, Mike. And again, they will probably franchise tag him to try to work out a long-term deal. But you keep getting back to all the things that he is. And if he's all these things, right, publicly is what the, the organization is saying. Then you just
2: wonder why haven't they paid him? And it gets back to me for they haven't wanted to. Well, it's funny because when Biscotti, the owner, uh, basically went public and said, Jimmy, "Jimmy Haslam, you're a moron," when he gave the Deshaun Watson contract that guaranteed that huge two hundred thirty guaranteed, that you kind of saw where you know the line was drawn in the sand. See, I just the feelings I've got from talking to buddies ours who uh, who uh, live up in Baltimore and do radio is that somehow, some way. They felt, and that's why I, I, I kind of echo their sentiments because I don't know what's going on other than the rumors, and the same things we see in pro football talk. But if you had a representation that maybe could have found a way to bridge some of these gaps, that seems like that's where they feel the disconnect comes up. Not having an agent has been maybe the problem in this because he's the only guy without an agent. is also the only guy who's a major star without a deal. Yeah, I think that's... I, and again. there's a quarterback. Other player, position players don't rep, They don't want to pay the 2 to 3%, and I understand that nor do we but i just i wonder i just wonder out loud if that's part of it well i don't mind paying it if you get what
1: you deserve i, I think ultimately though if you feel like you can rep yourself in the best way and i ask this question again here the, the franchise tag numbers are out all right we know the numbers if you franchise tag me mike i'm
2: getting 32 million dollars but if i blow my knee out and i'm not the same oh it's all i'm going to get that's why guys want that guaranteed up front but, but the, that, Kirk, the Kirk Cousins, if heaven forbid, got to do it two years in a row, which is the only way—that's the limit, two years—and it's the top five, average of the top five at the position. But still, you—you you don't want to get free. No, 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 no. But my point is, that's the low end. Yeah.
1: I know what the market is. You know what the high end is. That's the Sean. That's, that's Aaron Rodgers. It's 50 a year. So, somewhere between 32 and 50 is the market. Let's get the years. This is just not that hard. I, I, I'm getting back to the agent thing. It's just, this is not
2: a situation where you go, okay, what are we up against? That's pretty slated. I mean, it's pretty it's much, slated. Unless the Ravens had a mean on about the guaranteed portion of it. And then, okay, then that, that's on them. The onus is on the Ravens to figure this deal out. They move out. Uh, again, Todd Munkin's now the, uh, the OC. The Roman was the OC. That was a guy that was there for the three or four years. He won the MVP. So yeah, and then you talk about look, I've always been an advocate for getting the guy more playmakers. I've always felt they don't do many favors in the drafts, kinda of like the way the Packers have helped Aaron Ro- or not helped Aaron Rodgers and the skill position players too.
1: Yeah, it's fun it's fascinating. Uh, again, plenty of time still to work out a deal. We'll get into this franchise tag window, which opens today and what it means. If we wanted to do that for Caleb McGarry as we started the show, it's gonna cost us uh hmm. 18 million. 18 point two. If you franchise tag yeah. Caleb McGarry, that's what he's gonna get next season. You didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and he wasn't yeah. making that
2: right. And I just now the thing is, if you say we're going to go draft a tackle, guys immediately go. Well, I thought we need edge rush. Yes, we still need edge rush. And the premium position is defensive tackle and free agency. So you would go get a DT hypothetically, Carl. But then maybe you'd say I'll get it off the tree and I'll go get somebody who's considered, you know, a, a level of like the Panay Sewell. And there's a couple of big tackles. It would be there for us at eight. Or maybe we trade down too.
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll Not sexy at
2: all. The fans no. won't, won't like it, but it's something we'll need. And and by the way,
1: it's a big decision for Terry Fontenot because if you do decide to do this and then you just you pay what the market is right mike mentioned 90 million 85 million i said give me 4 for 50 which is under market value if you overpay and he's not he's not as good for the next few years guess who's going to be killing him? On the radio. Right. And saying,
2: why did you sign Caleb McGarry for this amount of money when you went in with doubts and you knew? We had a guy in the 2008, and Thomas Dimitrov had a couple of really good draft classes, and arguably his best was his first with Matt Ryan, and it was – was it Sam Baker, the uh, the, uh, tackle? Sam Baker was one of these guys, Carl, who would get – Be unhealthy, then he'd get healthy, and he got the contract, then he's unhealthy again. And he was very exasperating and similar in his own way to what Caleb McGarry has been for us. So there's where the hesitancy is. You just laid it out. Give this guy some guaranteed loot when I had to pull the rug out from under him to get the most out of him last year.
1: Yeah, it's just, that's the thing. It concerns me. I'm not saying they won't do it because it may be more difficult to go find a replacement if you don't want to do it in the draft and you feel like you have other pressing needs. We're going to see and, what the Falcons are going to do. And just
2: final thought on this, he's also considered the third best tackle, which shows you how lean the market is. Fourth. Yeah, well, it depends on who you're reading. <laughs> the, the nerds at PFF had him at third. For,
1: fourth. You can't be third if I'm questioning your pass blocking. He's the fourth best tackle available, I think, in the marketplace. Either way, Mike, somebody's mm-hmm. going to overpay for him. Somebody's going to overpay for him. It's Dukes and Bale at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Le- Hit some headlines.
0: Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell. All right, we
1: talked about the Braves. Let's talk about this pitch clock because Max Fried was asked about it. And here's what he said about trying to get used to it.
2: Never pitched with a pitch clock. It's obviously something that's going to be a learning curve, but I'm excited to get out there for, you know, just some spring games where there's even just shorter outings just to get a feel of it with the crowd. and. With things moving around, people on base of managing the clock and all the other things that kinda of go along with it. So it's uh, it's definitely gonna be an adjustment, but I'm glad that you know we're gonna have a you know, a month and a half to be able to figure it out before games start.
1: Kinda of forgot how laid back Max is. Yeah. Right? I mean it's been a while since we've heard him. We hadn't heard him in months, but you know,
2: playoffs. He comes back, I'm like,
1: Yeah, I forgot how laid back Max is. <laughs> He's so.
2: California cool, never too high, never too low.
1: Let's hear Tiger Woods. Everybody was wondering how he felt after the tournament. Mike and I were talking about it. I didn't see as much as I wanted to over the weekend, was busy and doing things. But John Rahm wins the tournament. John Rahm's on fire, by the way. He's just crushing it. He's
2: won three. He's won three tournaments in Southern California, Hawaii. He's just killing it. You're
1: right. And Tiger, you know, if he's getting ready for the Masters, which everybody just kind of assumes he is, was asked about, okay, what's the issue? Like, you can hit the ball. We're seeing you hit the ball where you want to hit it.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: I can chip and putt. I can can do that part. It's the time under attention of walking, um, doing you know, hills, um, or even as I was explaining earlier, the adrenaline dump. Of playing in, in competition. That's something that I I'm, I'm as I said, I'm very good at simulating that because of all the, the past experiences I've had of coming off of surgeries and having to come back. Um, but it's it's still never quite the same and
1: so I can mm. hit balls, it's the walking part. It's the four days of right. what, which Mike, he can play great in the first two rounds, and then his body just may fail him. We don't know. Like he may be struggling to
2: get around in rounds three and four in these majors that he's going to play.
1: In. And he can you... hit
3: balls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> gotta work on my putts. That's going to the computer, by the way. That's gonna click that one away. The thing with Tiger is now you just gotta you gotta build up and find a way to manage your body for the Masters, because Augusta, the way, it, the way it's built, sets up for his game, as yep. we know. Yep. Uh, Hilly, as we all know, if you've ever been out there. But you've got to figure, depending on the locations of what the British Open is, the PGA, and what the U.S. Open is, this will always be his best shot. So if he can kind of, speaking of load management, here's where load management actually makes sense and is, is actually needed, This Tiger with his legs. So how does he find a way to do this? As he says, it's his, it's his team, He's got a, got, he's got physio people working on him basically, as, soon as, he get, as soon as he gets off the course. So let's hope he can make a run. But as we said, never say never. But that, that accident changed everything. It did. I, I actually believe, Mike, he was on this the, this way, up, this trajectory.
1: And the hmm. accident happened, and it brought him back down. And now yeah. he's back up, and he's trying to climb. But it's become more difficult because of, of his body. We are going to see, guys, more on uh, what Tiger had to say uh, about his tournament coming off the weekend. Genesis Invitational again. John Rom, the winner. Mike, where were the stars for the Daytona 500? Oh, uh, they're all on a tow truck
2: because they all wrecked. Yeah, and that was or their cars had enough duct tape on it. Carl, it looked like some hoopty guy see driving on 85. This is what we saw at the every every other Daytona 500. Now three in a row. No disrespect to the Michael McDowells of the world, or et cetera. But there's a lot of folks out there that want to see the big names win. You know, NASCAR is kind of in that same part of the their trajectory where the NBA was after Michael Jordan left. Okay. J- uh, Dale Earnhardt junior in didn't race anymore. Jimmy Johnson was in this race, but he's just kind of doing one-off. But you don't really have the super-duper star. Harvick's getting long in the tooth. Tony Stewart's in the broadcast booth. To me, that's a bunch of guys that all look like they're in a boy band, and they're almost interchangeable. The way mm. they sound, the way they look. Other than maybe one guy wearing a cowboy hat, they're all the same kind of driver. So in this case, a guy that was probably more famous than anything for dating Danica Patrick, Ricky Stenhouse, wins the Daytona 500 after they wreck out half the field. And it's basically last man standing. And even then you get wreck after wreck after wreck because, Carl, with plate races, the cars are all bunched together. Even though they've done a lot to try to make the racing better, it's the same things you'll see at Talladega. They've also got to figure a way to redesign this. It's not what I showed up for. And maybe this is a reason why I took Dale Earnhardt so long to finally win one. The best drivers don't win plate races necessarily.
1: Mike, it's interesting you say they're looking for this star power. But yet, I, you know, it felt like coming off of 2020, watching all of these guys come together with the Bubba stuff. And right. Like, they have it. He, I want you to hear Ricky real quick. He talked about winning. Um Daytona 500, they consider it. it's the Super Bowl, right? It kicks off the season. But I, I'm kind of with Mike on this when you talk about the guy. Who are you cheering for? Now, if you're a hardcore NASCAR fan, obviously we're not talking to you. But, guys, the French fans are the ones that are going to help bring the ratings up. Those are the guys that are going to show up to races that they normally don't go to. And Mike's saying the only way you get those people is you've got a guy that people either love or they hate or this guy wins all the time. I don't know if NASCAR has that right now. Here's uh, Ricky. Ricky.
0: This is unbelievable. This is the side of my last win uh, back in 2017. We worked really hard. We had a couple shots last year to get a win and, and fell short. It was a tough season, but man, we got it done. Daytona 500.
2: Yeah, Bowman who had the uh, pole. He finished fifth. Out uh, of Joey Logano, who some people like or don't like, it's a guy that some people root against. He did finish second. So those are some names. But unfortunately, Carl, it was just it was a lot of guys. Unless you're a hardcore NASCAR fan, you really didn't know who those dudes were on that last lap.
1: Coming up, one of our listeners blames LeBron. We're going to explain. Headlines brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. It's Dukes and Bell. Sports coverage. There's anything I could change about the league to make it better. Probably just all the guys sitting resting. That's the only thing I probably don't like. Um, just play, man. If you, if you, if you, if you. Eighty percent, you got to play. I, I don't, I don't like all the sitting, missing games and stuff. Like these people, these people might have enough money to come to one game. You know what I'm saying? And it, that might be the game they come to, and then you sitting out. You know what I'm saying? So, I take pride in trying to play every game because I don't know it might be one fan that has never seen me play, and I'm trying to play. So, I don't. That's the only thing I don't like. Uh, guys just sitting out. I love it. Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That is Anthony Edwards with the Minnesota T-Wolves. Mike, I did a big thing this weekend, over over the weekend on on the national show, where I talked about Adam Silver saying this is not an issue. He actually said over the weekend in Utah that load management is something that the NBA doesn't see as an issue. You have your own players saying it's an issue. And one of the things that stands out is if you go through the decades – In the 70s, the only guy to win the MVP who didn't play at least 80 games, this is even hard to imagine, is Bill Walton. Everybody else who won an MVP in the Mm. 70s, from 70 to 79, played 80 or more games, which is 82. And we looked it up. Then you go to the 80s, and it starts to dip a little bit, but at least 70% of the players who won MVPs played in at least 75 games or more. And then you get to the 90s, and all of a sudden, Mike, you know, we're being more cautious with injuries. Fast forward to where we are now. The pendulum has gone too far this way. I have no issues with guys resting, but when you start talking about the other, complete other side of this, where guys are missing games purposely and cheating the fans, us, to Anthony Edwards' point, where I've paid a lot of money to go to these games. Mm. Mike has been in this situation,
2: and, and you pay a lot to go, and then all of a sudden you get there and... Stars not playing. And I know that uh, it's difficult to, if you're looking for data, I went back to the 2018-2019 season because the COVID year, obviously that, was, that kind of threw everything for a loop, Carl. 1920 we didn't get a full season, and there was obviously restrictions, etc. So I went back to 18-19. Only three of the top ten scorers played more than 75 games that season. And it varies anywhere from 72 to 64 to 55 to 64. So a lot of guys are not even coming close to come, getting to 82. So, and I just felt, as we said, a guy who it depends on where you are you know economically if you're trying to get your family to a game you know some guys and I get this you know we're lucky enough to go and have season tickets for a couple of teams but some dudes they might be one or two games a year they get to go to and especially if you want to see lebron i've i've seen lebron no show i've seen anthony edwards no show yeah. <laughs> and I've, and those are times that i i went a little heavy on the on the ticket selection you know Sitting behind dr j was awesome and yeah. was, I, and I i've loved dr j but i also wanted to see the guys i paid to see on I,
1: I agree man and i think Mike, that's most people in this economy, right. that's most people. Dad, can we go to a game? Pick one, one. Pick two <laughs> at the most. Like seriously, that I think that's most people. For those right. people who don't have the the, the ends, and uh, you know the the, the uh, extra income to go to these games, and then you mm-hmm. go and the
2: guy that you pay, you're you paying to see is not playing, I've got a big problem with that. Right. Now, so if you're somebody that maybe you got lucky enough to get in on tickets for Golden State, for instance, your kid wants to see Steph Curry. No doubt. You know, I mean, it's one thing. Clay Thompson has been dealing with injuries over his career. Maybe your, kid, maybe your kid's a little crazy. He wants to see Draymond Green, and Draymond taps out. Whoever the guy is you want to see. And that's just it. They don't have to be a star player. I just, and I hate to say it, but I'll say, oh, it's two times in the first hour. Yeah, I saw Bernard King a lot, man, playing with fingers all taped up and the dude's limping. He's out there, and he play you 75, 76, and names. he was gonna score too. And he was gonna score baseline. <laughs> unstoppable baseline Jay. I just getting back to what you said about Adam Silver, the NFL I, I don't want to sound like that guy, because you and I lobby every day on this radio. You cannot play NFL you cannot pay NFL players too much money because those guys, their bodies get beat up and we know the the cost. NBA is a little bit different. And I think Adam Silver is delusional because now the players already get fifty one percent, they've got too much, way too much control now.
1: So, Jonathan Walker, one of our listeners, was saying, uh, as we were talking about the slam dunk contest, and we were off yesterday, guys. So, coming off of a big weekend, lots of stuff happened. Obviously, the NBA All-Star game. Hawks don't play again until Friday. So, um, one of the – Load management at a nine-day vacation. (laughs) Let's hope they're fresh. Okay, let's hope we don't start slow, Nate. Um, But LeBron, uh, Jonathan Walker says, LeBron started this blank by not doing the contest one time in his 20 years. And, and the only thing I can say is, and Jonathan goes on to say, McClung winning Saturday night—you can't forget it now. When it comes to the stars participating, I, I do think pride plays a, a role in this. Mike, you're one of, if not the biggest stars in the league. As LeBron ascended to that, and you lose the dunk contest, big—the big problem for me is there have been guys and stars who have lost in years past. Hell, Dominique lost to Michael Jordan. Right. It happens. You participate. You put on the show. That is one of the most controversial dunk contests in the history of dunk contests because it probably should have gone to Neek, but who cares if you lose? Like, that is part of this, Jonathan. I'm with you. You're saying because LeBron set the precedent for stars to not participate, now you have guys that just like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, yeah, I I could, but why would I do that if if there's a Mm. chance of me losing? And I think that's in the back of their mind, and it sucks because – Losing is just a part of it. Other great players have lost in the past.
2: And that's just it. I mean, like John Morant. With all due respect to Mac McClung, I want to see John Morant in the slam dunk contest. Great call. And if John Morant has made that uh, move up again as one of the super athletic players and everyone loves him, yeah, he makes it one or two appearances and you never see him again in the slam dunk contest. And that's one that drives me crazy. Like, I don't expect LeBron at this stage of his career, but I still would have seen a little like see a little bit more LeBron when he was, you know, a little more ambulatory. Oh, for sure. And by the way, LeBron, if you had not been watching him lately, he's been putting on dunk shows, and he, you saw it in the All-Star game. I mean, LeBron was throwing it down in the yes, All-Star he game. He was throwing it off the backboard. You can't give me one round of that? I'll watch that. I had no interest
1: in watching this. Turtle, uh, did you just say to me that Ja is not ever going to participate? When did this come out? Yeah, so he did an interview with uh, Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report this weekend. And during the interview, she got it out of him that he will never, quote-unquote, participate in the dunk contest. You will have to come see me play. That's what he said. First of all, shout-out to Taylor. Mm -hmm. He's doing a great job. Second, mom listens to the show. Hi, mom.
2: Third, why? Like, this this is the issue. But this is why, I mean, like, as we said, and you think that this commissioner's got a handle on this? Adam Silver, I mean, you you, they, I get it. There's some bad commissioners out there. The NHL commissioner is a stooge. He's been that way for 30 years. You know how I feel about Goodell, but I mean, Silver, you can't. You got to be able to back this up. This is an issue. Your own players are talking about this. Anthony Edwards is talking about it. You hear guys talking about it on broadcast nationally, covering different teams around the league. Yeah, guys who played in this league. So, I mean, to me, that's that's your head in the sand, brother. And that's the only thing that would screw would screw things up. We just talked about the demographics, younger people, the attendance, TV numbers. Only thing that can hurt this is your stars not playing more
1: often. I love Sir James's response. He says, "Put them up, see Dukes." I feel like if a player chooses to load manage, it can only be in their home games. You can't go on the road and have load management. Now, that's great. That's a great idea. That that is something I think would be acceptable for the players. If Denver comes here once and I'm now watching the two-time MVP in Joker who could be having his third MVP campaign, Mike, and he's on the road and doesn't show up at State Farm, that's disappointing. If Joker wants to rest at home, so be it. But those teams that come once a season and they've got the star you want to see, Sir James, I'm with you. That's his Twitter handle. I agree. Home games, you want to sit fine. If
2: you're on the road, you shouldn't be cheating fans of the, the idea that they're going to get the chance to see you. But here's the interesting part to this conversation. Um the commissioner has no solution for this because guess what? There is no solution <laughs> because you've allowed this to happen. And I know some guy said LeBron started this. Well, Greg Popovich started this. Started this uh, back in the early uh, 2010s. I, I, that's from my, rec- I guess, Yeah, he was talking about the slam dunk yeah, contest. Slam dunk, but talking about the regular season load management. That stuff that, you know, we've been dealing with this now going on so over you'll 10 be years. So quiet now. <laughs> so thanks, Pop. But this is one... You've already got players sitting games out. Toothpaste is yes. out of the tube. Yep. And the NBA Players Association is going to say, "How can you say player X isn't hurt? Player X shoot around, coach. Oh, cramps, man. My knee. Whatever it is, I got. I got." <laughs> I'm a little under the weather, Coach. You can't make these guys play because you've already let this—you let the cat out of the bag, horses out of the barn. Pick your animal, Carl. It's too late.
1: You can if you tie it to season awards where guys mm. get paid. You can't be the MVP unless you play a certain amount of games or minutes. And and I right. think Mike, that's maybe the only way. But unless it's hard. you're going to try
2: to push it in the new CBA to tie into your contract, you're only going to get X amount of dollars. But I would say a hard time the union ever 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 standing for that.
1: All right, coming up, we'll let you hear what Charles Barkley had to say about today's NBA players. That's coming up. And when we come back, one question and one question only for the Falcons. And it starts today. It's Dukes and Bell.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.